Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, we'll be talking with pharmacist Delon Canterbury about de-prescribing, all things de-prescribing, and this is a business that he started up in 2020. Stay tuned. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Delon Canterbury, is a uh, the geriatrics pharmacist. He uh, has created Geriatrics, which is a pharmacist-led medication management company that focuses on helping overwhelmed caregivers stop their loved ones from being over-medicated using genetic drug screening, deprescribing, and health cost-saving strategies. They specialize in developing medication action plans for patients of all ages, but with a specialty in geriatric care. Unlike your traditional pharmacist, they develop a three-month strategy to address over-medicated patients using a holistic and evidence-based approach in accordance with your prescriber so that there are no gaps in communication of care. As the founder of the Deprescribing Accelerator, Delon envisions all pharmacists and senior care providers as deprescribing advocates and coaches professionals how to integrate, leverage, and monetize deprescribing into clinical practice. The Deprescribing Accelerator trains passionate nurses, pharmacists, and prescribers on how they can be or how they can serve our over-medicated seniors by increasing your revenues practice with referrals and a value-based sustainable care model within your business. Delon, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hey, yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. How are you, Hillary? Uh, doing well, doing well. Um, thanks so much for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So um, I, I hail from Atlanta, Georgia, and ended up moving to North Carolina in 2010 uh, after graduating uh, pharmacy school from UNC in, in 2014. and. You know, I worked like most people uh, in the community setting. I was a pharmacy manager with Walgreens uh, for about four or five years and frankly got pretty burned out uh, seeing what we had to do and, and unfortunately seeing how our our seniors, our Black patients, our Latino patients, our, our rural patients were the ones that really fell through some of the cracks of our system. So I honestly... Coming in day in, day out, wondering what am I doing? Am I really helping people? Am I advocating the way I can? I, I honestly got depressed. I was sad, you know, doing what I was doing. And I'm not saying it was a, any shade to the profession, but I wasn't living in fulfillment and, and really my joy and why I got into this career. So I stepped down. I started geriatrics in 2020 uh, in the height of COVID. 
really because I, I, I was tired. <laughs> I was, I was tired of, of, of telling patients your co-pays a thousand dollars when they're in the coverage gap. You know, I, I was tired of not having enough time to give the care that we were trained to do. So mm-hmm. I just said, "Lo, let, let's, let's flip the script and do something a little bit different and let's monetize getting people off of bills and do it the right way, do it safely and, and empower patients to know that they can potentially eat heather, uh, better, try lifestyle changes, uh, try stress management, just try any alternative approach that has some evidence and is, is cost effective, right? Instead of making it another hassle. So that's what geriatrics really was founded in mind was to advocate for those who are over-medicated. Yes, seniors are, but so are young adults. Uh, and we focus again on using some of these cost-saving strategies in addition to using a specific and targeted approach to stopping polypharmacy, to identifying some of those prescribing cascades, to, to really giving the, the advocacy piece and ownership of people's well-being with the pharmacists behind the scenes. And, and so we provide concierge, deep prescribing services for families um, and really just give that level of support that they often don't get in our health system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so fascinating. I love hearing, you know, founder stories or, you know, people that just make a pivot or change in their career. And it seems like 2020, um, notably, uh, was was one of those um, significant times, obviously, um, mm-hmm. for everyone. And so um, some good soul searching and, and great new needed, uh, you know, things have come out of that. So, um, yeah. So, Delon, did you, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, of course, as a community pharmacist, you ran across those patients all the time, people coming in with multiple medications. Mm-hmm. Um, were, was there anybody in particular, like any particular story or like maybe even a family member that, um, you know, maybe really called you specifically to geriatric care? Yes. Um, outside of just your usual community setting, you know, for me, it's a, it's a personal story. My grandmother, unfortunately, was a statistic um, and she suffered from dementia. And unfortunately, she was prescribed an antipsychotic that completely worsened her mild impairment to severe. In fact, mm-hmm. so poorly that my grandma was actually kicked out of the very same nursing home that prescribed the medication. Oh, and, and at this point in time, right, it, it's crazy. So at this point, you know, I wasn't a pharmacist and let alone I wasn't even a, a geriatric trained pharmacist yet, but I, I was in college basically applying to pharmacy school and had to see how much my, my parents were thrown into the caregiver role, right? And we really neglect the importance of the caregiver in our health system. Like they are critical and yet we don't include them or or even consider them in the action plans for what's best for the patient. Mm -hmm. So seeing that, seeing them try to navigate this pretty much healthcare hell and then have to advocate for the best care (laughs) as, as two parents that were immigrants at one point is very, very difficult, very difficult. Um, So my grandma Mildred, 
uh, or was actually prescribed zeprazidone, uh, and 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 then that spiraled her condition to where the nursing home in New York would no longer allow her to stay. So my family was all in Georgia and Atlanta, and so they moved her down and basically had to take her in while they were full-time as well. My dad was an entrepreneur, my, he's an accountant, and my mom was a teacher. So having to just see how much maneuvering, scheduling, unpaid work going into just taking care of my grandma, like the stress of it all, and then wondering why she's sundowning and worsening all because of a prescription that we are paying for. You know, it, it was heartbreaking and it was something that always resonated with me as I was in pharmacy school was to try to be this voice for our seniors, for the caregivers, for those who are in the trenches and don't have anyone to go to. They don't know who to trust. They're lost. They're tired. That that was really behind geriatrics. So really, our ethos is to treat all of our patients like my grandma Mildred and do the best we can to take care of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that story. I'm sure a lot of people can can relate to that. Um, and you know, the just the burden of of being a caregiver and challenges of seeing loved ones um, aging and and getting older. But but we have some a hero. We have someone that we can go to <laughs> to help. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about how. Pharmacists can help, mm-hmm. you know, seniors who are often taking a lot of medications or, and, and helping the, mm-hmm. their caregivers. Um, tell us a little bit about the role that we can play as pharmacists. Oh, we have such a huge role. I mean, a lot of what they need is just advocacy. We already have pharmacist brains. All we got to do is teach people how to ask the right questions. Is your loved one on more than five pills? Are they having any increased falls? Are they having any side effects to anything? Um, It it really doesn't take having a board-certified geriatric credential to be an advocate for seniors. A lot of it is empathy and understanding where they're coming from. So when I speak at national caregiver conferences or I'm walking into nursing homes and giving presentations on overprescribing, mm-hmm. everyone's ears are perking up because they know this is an issue. The patients know it's an issue. The, the, the providers know it's an issue, but everyone kind of just passes the buck and says, well, it's not on me. It's not my responsibility. And that's more of a health system issue. But pharmacists are so needed. I, I mean, I cannot express how often I hear, where were you? 10 years ago when my uncle was dealing with this, where were you five years ago? And and all of it is just someone taking the time to do a thorough med review and get to their patients' needs and goals and just listen, just listen. So a lot of it isn't as hard as we think, but there is a whole world of patient advocacy, senior care, senior advocacy that I feel we are kind of ignorant to because we're not thrown into it unless you are a caregiver or you work in this space directly. And you can do this right off the street as a pharmacist to be that advocate. So it's it's asking those open-ended questions. It's asking and really digging into any side effect, any medication changes since our elderly are more sensitive. 
So all that plays a role here. And they all are integral to really drive change. And then, of course, be aware of cultural differences, right? Not everyone's grandpa's going to have the same upbringing as another. So someone who grew up in the 60s who may be white won't have the same experience as someone who's elderly now and black who grew up in the 60s, right? So you got to have that kind of historical perspective too. Um, but there needs to just be an overall overall understanding that we have an aging population with less and less senior care providers, less and less geriatricians. So it's, we're going to need people who actually understand geriatric pharmacotherapy and are at least willing to ask the right questions so patients leave away empowered and emboldened to make changes. Well, it's a huge... Uh, market to serve as we have more and more baby boomers and just, you know, we're, we're living longer. So we're, we've got more and more people who are getting older. And so, yes, there is a huge need. Um, talk to us a little bit, you know, we've got a lot of pharmacists and uh, student pharmacists and others Mm-hmm. listening, but what is de-prescribing and, yeah. you know, how, why is this so important? Sure. Yeah. So de-prescribing is the, uh, basically the safe re- supervised reduction of medications that may no longer be appropriate. Um, it could be done from reducing the dose of a medication, or it could be stopping a medication altogether. But generally, it's the supervised tapering or stopping of medications that are no longer needed. And in seniors or really anyone who may be taking too many meds, right? <clears throat> but, you know, when I talk about de-prescribing, there really are a lot of steps <laughs> that are involved. It's not just the, all right, the doctor says we can stop it, let's stop it. There, there, there's so much more that has to be Uh, addressing the patient's goals. There needs to be a risk and benefit conversation, right? There needs to be an assessment of of willingness. Are you ready to get off meds? There needs to be a reshaping of our medication mindset. So a lot of us sometimes want the pill, right? We don't want to work the hard way or whatever. So if you don't want it, then you're not going to get someone to really be de-prescribed if they want to stay on the meds, right? So to me, it's the process, sure, uh, first and foremost, educating on what that this is even an option. People don't even realize that this is even a, a possibility, right? They don't think they can actually get off their insulin or metformin because they're just going to be on it for life. That's what our health system teaches. Uh, and it's also what we, unfortunately, are taught to think just because of the way we advertise prescriptions here, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. There are many steps that, that go into de-prescribing, but it does start with the conversation and trust from a provider. Yeah, we hear so many times that, oh, a patient's prescribed a, you know, a medication and they're sleepy or they can't sleep or you know, whatever the side mm-hmm. effect is. And so then they get another prescription to, to, to treat the side effect or mm-hmm. you know whatever. Yeah. I mean, it just spirals. Um, so it's certainly, you know, not something that might just be affecting seniors, but, you know, prescribing and looking at that whole, um, medication, you know, regimen is so important. Um, so Delon, how have you been able, or how can pharmacists step in? Obviously this is, you know, a, uh, an important quality issue, but 
how um, can pharmacists step in and, you know, potentially get paid for deprescribing mm-hmm. or, you know, some of these services that you're describing? Sure. I would say that probably the easiest way is to speak on it. Just talk about the problem. I mean, they don't, people don't know that this is an option. So when you lead an event saying, hey, let's help you take away how you can help grandma get off some of these meds, public speaking is going to be one of the easiest things, right? Just we already innately know that people are over-medicated. It's just a way of how do you communicate that into tangible next steps for others. So I would say public speaking is huge. Uh, Secondly, when we're talking about seniors, you want to get pretty comfortable with understanding what's on the beers list, right? So this is a, 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 every three years, this is a compendium of drugs that are essentially identified as being potentially inappropriate or harmful in seniors. And so this this actually came from a geriatrician, uh, Dr. Beers, back in the 80s and 90s. And so they met with a group and saw in nursing homes and community dwelling settings that seniors were falling victim to all types of harm because of certain drugs. And so they made a, basically a top 200, so to speak, of problematic meds. And they give rationale as to why they're problematic, like what side effects are contra- or, or, or will be seen with this or what's contraindicated based on someone's health conditions. So really the easiest thing I would say is to start with the beers list, get real comfortable. It's free, it's available online and just dissect it by, you know, 10 or 15 drugs a week and just get an idea of what what's on there. So now you're able to advocate when you see it clinically in practice and can speak up against it. I mean, I literally had a pharmacist colleague who's advocating for her dad who has dementia and is in a nursing home and she has to constantly try to fill his pill boxes and do all the actual admin. But she texted me to Medlis and was like, is there anything wrong with this? I was like, uh, yeah, he's on atropine. And a dementia patient on atropine is a huge no-no. And you would know that from the beers list. Main, the main reason being is that it can cause anticholinergic toxicity or harm. And that is the mainstay of cognitive impairment is we're assuming there's a lack of acetylcholine. And so when you're giving someone this, you can actually mask and worsen delirium or dementia symptoms because of one drug. So it's not every drug matters. So again, this just came from knowing what's on that beers list. And that's probably the easiest way to start talking about ways to advocate for people to avoid harm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so that, that's so fascinating. I think that a lot of people don't, uh, recognize the role that pharmacists play as community leaders and, um, you know, how valuable it might be for a pharmacist to go speak in front of, you know, the Lions Club or Rotary Club or Junior League or, you know, whatever type of environment. Um, And I'm sure that conferences and things are always looking for for speakers. So definitely important. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, are there any other, um, you know, different ways related to advocacy or patient empowerment um, that you that you would like to cover? 
For sure. Uh, get involved with your community. I mean, it doesn't have to be hard, but if you attend a church or synagogue, or even if you see the doctor quarterly, they're likely touching some type of senior patient or any patient who may possibly be on too many meds. So you don't have to overthink your your, your platform, but ask, hey, would you like it if you, your clergy or your patients would want to learn more about ways to get off harmful meds or talk about at least the harm of overprescribing, right? So in terms of advocacy, start anywhere. Start from school, start from collaborating with people who are in the senior space. What I did initially was just email blast every nursing home within my zip code. And I was like, hey, you want me to give a talk on this? Plenty said no, couple said yes. And they became became speaking engagements. Then I created a series and leveraged that to do more speaking engagements uh, for other SNFs and ALFs. So it, it really just starts with putting yourself out there, one. But the truth is, Hillary, we already have the secret sauce. We already know the meds. We know the drugs. We already have degrees in it. We're the experts. So let's own our degrees and just go forth and just evangelize, spread the word of that we have a problem with overprescribing and we, we, we can fix it as a community together and just start with start with what's near you. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, you know, another important thing that has been, I guess, really more prominent over the last five, 10 years is genetic testing. Uh, Mm. Talk to us a little bit about Mm -hmm. the importance of that. Oh, it's extremely important. Um, I love pharmacogenomics and precision medicine. And so a part of my service is requiring genetic testing for actually all of my patients. Um, and so with precision medicine, essentially patients are able to get a simple cheek swab. And within about 10 days, I get a report that tells me a rundown of how their, uh, basically how their cytochrome uh, P450 enzymes are working. And so that gives me a snapshot to potentially what may be a harmful medicine or what may be a risk for a higher uh, sensitivity for rare skin conditions or, you know, why the senior patient's having such drastic side effects to this psych med versus another. They, they all have a role in, in all types of health conditions, but specifically in our seniors, they didn't have this when they were in their 40s and 50s, right? It wasn't available. So there's a huge need to integrate that into the senior space. And unfortunately, a lot of our seniors are on tons of uh, cardiovascular meds, psych meds, and pain meds, but they may have a genetic variation and that can affect therapy. So I can't wholly tell you to take something else if I don't even know what your body is going to do or potentially respond to the med, right? At least not ethically for me. So I teach people how to leverage genetic testing as a part and an integral tool for deprescribing as a part of our deprescribing accelerator. But I tell you, patients love this. Patients' ears perk up when they hear this precision medicine wave. And truthfully, now that we have the technology, we got to use what's there. You wouldn't go and get a physical and not get your weight checked or, you know, your your, your labs done. You're going to get all that, right? 
that to me is exactly what pharmacogenomics is and it's it is the future it's now it's it's happening as we speak and i want to make sure my patients get that best quality care mm-hmm. very good well delon how can um you know we learn more about yeah. this deprescribing accelerator or some of the work that you're doing with geriatrics rx yeah, absolutely. So on my LinkedIn page, you can look up Delon Canterbury. Uh, we have applications that we are actually taking for our next cohort right on my page. Uh, it's called the Deprescribing Accelerator. So check out LinkedIn um, and also check out our Red Pill versus Blue Pill series. So we have an ongoing live series that we conduct every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. And we essentially are talking about the problem. We're talking about ways we can leverage deprescribing, how you can monetize it, how we can speak against it, how can we prevent it. Um, so LinkedIn is going to be the main way, but you can find me at geriatrics.org, uh, G-E-R-I-A-T-R-X as an x-ray.org. And there are tons of channels on social. So LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Facebook and YouTube. We have them all at Geriatrics and you will find more information about our course with our red pill versus blue pill video series. All right. Very good. Well, one of the questions that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Uh... For me, I struggled with perceiving my own value. Uh, so my mindset was very, oh, I'm not worthy, kind, and just kind of acquiescent to others. Uh, so I would challenge myself to receive the gifts that I've been giving to help serve others and just take pride and ownership of the journey. Sometimes I'm so fixated on the result instead of the actual ride, instead of the journey and entrepreneurship. So I I would tell myself to have a bit more grace and a bit more confidence. Even though I started two years ago, I I needed to to be aware of the value that I was able to bring to others. And that was something that I honestly fought with. You know, I I fought with that value and, and knowing how to charge my worth and knowing how to to leverage my positioning to, again, serve more people. So all of these were valuable lessons for me in the beginning. Yeah, very good. Well, Delon, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Yes, a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much and have a great one. Friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, 